0: That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm super hyped about today's episode because we have a guest returning for the second time. Her episode was a favorite of everybody's last year. The Dangers of the Mind episode was literally top three episodes for all of the Blessed and Bossed Up episodes in 2019. And her story is just so impactful. We had a live session last night with the Society, and she was on fire again. And so I'm just so excited to have Kristen back on the show because I believe that this is going to be another classic in <laughs> Blessed and Bossed Up history. So Kristen, welcome back to the show. Thank
1: you for having me. I love the Blessed and bossed Up Society and the Blessed and bossed Up podcast, so I'm so happy to be here again.
0: Yes, we're happy to have you. So in the last interview, we stopped with your move to D.C. because at the time I think you had just got to D.C. I could see myself recording so I know I was at my father-in-law's house which means that I was in D.C. the city and you had just moved there temporarily and so we had that conversation about faith what's been going on since then because you're not in D.C. anymore so like tell everybody how it was being in D.C why you decided to move back? Like, What's God doing?
1: Okay. So DC was definitely an experience. I have been to DC plenty of times, moved to DC. God has always just totally wrecked my life when he's telling me to go to DC. And so I went to DC to, of course, gather data, to do a lot of evaluations. And if anybody knows about me, I have a social and emotional literacy curriculum. And so it's a lot from the ground up building a curriculum. And I also have another resource, which is an intervention kit in school suspension and helps a lot of kids with like tier two, tier three behavioral challenges. So working with that sector or population of kids, it's very difficult because you have to go in and I'm actually pioneering a lane right now. So God instructed me to go back to DC, get the data I needed to, you know, really be able to help excel my programs and different places. And so I went to DC and I felt as though God was definitely doing a move out there, but to be very transparent I felt that I dropped the ball. And when I say I dropped the ball, I felt that I wasn't hearing God as clearly as I was supposed to in that season. And so I remember Tatum when I was like, girl, I need you. Let's do a 5 a.m. wake up call. Like, Let's do something to get, you know, because I just felt like I needed to be closer because I felt that there were so many things that was pulling me away from God in that time. And so I definitely was focused. I will not say I wasn't focused, but I would say that there were so many attacks that was happening to me in that space that I felt like couldn't get everything that I wanted to get done. So I did go there, I did get some accomplishments. I did get all the data I needed. So thank you, Jesus, for that. But the crazy thing was I was there for about, what, six to seven months. And listen, your girl thought she was going to be there for the long haul. I'm like, D.C., yes, guy, you got me going back to D.C. I'm out here because I love D.C. But God was like, that's not the plan. So I thought I was supposed to be there. And when I, when I went there, it was just instruction. I just heard. You know, go to D.C., there's going to be people there that's going to help you. And God specifically told me people from George Washington University, which is crazy because of the fact that I had met a professor who does a lot of study work. I met one of my top researchers at GW who did a lot of data evaluation and planning and evaluating all my research there. So there was definitely truth in God's word for me to go to DC because as he instructed me, I met the people that I needed to meet to really build on the things I need to build on. But I went to a conference, Tiffany Montgomery's conference actually, and it was me and Tatum had went and I was literally in the crowd and God was just speaking to me, like seriously speaking to me. And I got back, I remember this so crazy. I got back to my place in DC. I couldn't do anything. I was so in a place where, and I don't know, Tatum, you might've felt this too. Cause I was stuck. I was absolutely stuck. I was just in a place where I couldn't even watch TV. I was like sitting in silence, absolute silence. And I wrote about 14 pages, like God was downloading in me like never before because I think that he was bringing me to a place. Let me just stress something. This is why you have to have God friends because Tatum is one of my God friends, like God ordained friends because she literally like pushed me to go to this conference like sis I'm gonna get your ticket this is the friends you need to have first of all because I want to put that out there because of the fact that she really shifted helped. it was all ordained because she shifted it and helped me get into a space where God was really trying to speak to me so I know if I didn't go to that conference God would not have spoke to me and I would probably still been in DC out of order with what God's plan was so after I went to the conference after God started downloading to me I'm like just listening to him and listening to him and I'm like what in the world like and he was just telling me so much like basically like your assignment here is done because that was my plan my plan was to go to DC for 6 months to get the data but me I knew I wanted to stay in DC for the long haul like I knew I wanted to stay in DC for the long haul when God was telling me no this was 6 months you got what you need to get you got all your data it's time to go back I was like what I was so disappointed And literally it was what, July? Like, what was that? Like July 4th? I think it was July 4th, the weekend of July 4th. And God told me that I had to be back in North Carolina by August 1st. Like it was specific. I have to be back by August 1st. So again, like I told y'all from my last episode, when we were talking about how God just be snatching me out of places and where I don't got to pay nothing. So the person who I was renting from, she was like, This was supposed to be like a long haul situation because she was like renovating the place. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to stay here forever. You know, like I just absolutely love the place. It was in a beautiful location. I was in the city. Like you just couldn't tell me nothing. I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so again, I was trying to go against the grain of what God said from like, he never really told me that I wouldn't stay in DC, but he told me six months to get the data. That's specifically the instructions. But I thought he was going to like say, okay, girl, you doing good out here? Just stay. Like I thought that was going to be the plan. And that was not the plan. So God definitely would tell me I had to be back in North Carolina by August 1st. Crazy thing is my cousin had came down for the, the actual conference. So that Sunday, like the conference was over on Saturday. That Sunday, she came and stayed at my house that Saturday night and she woke up. And for some reason, flights weren't going back out to North Carolina. Like it was something that happened where like everybody's flight was canceled. I forgot what it was. So she came back to my house in tears, crying because she was leaving to go to Africa with my mother the next morning at 6 a.m. in the morning. Now my parents live in North Carolina, so I'm like, okay, just calm down. Like I was like, we'll we'll try to find it. She looked at the bus tickets. Buses weren't going out till like three in the morning the next day. So I was like, all right, listen, it's not that big of a deal. Calm down. I'll just drive you. It's only four and a half hours. You know, I'll go. You know, home visit my parents. Whatever. So I drove her to North Carolina. I ended up staying in North Carolina for a week, which was unplanned. And I ended up getting a contract deal with a school in Durham because of the fact that that Monday, a principal reached out to me and said, Kristen, are you in town? We need you and we need your program. Let me tell you how God works. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Went up to the school that week, talked to her, signed a contract, and God had already showed me. He was already showing me as I was in North Carolina. He was already speaking to me, downloading to me what was about to happen. And so I obeyed, like literally packed up all my stuff. Like I always do y'all just be listening to God out here. So I packed up all my stuff and came back to North Carolina. And when I got back, God was literally showing me that I was supposed to really be in North Carolina. It was like, it was such a shift that happened. And then I remember that I came back August 1st and I kept wondering, why is he telling me come back August 1st? And August, you know, was the eighth month. It was new beginnings. And so I just started praying into that and asking God, what's new here? God, what's the new foundation here? You know, what am I trying to plant? What seeds are going to be harvested here? And so I started working with this school, this alternative school. And the biggest thing about this is I've had so many just so many phenomenal experiences with this partnership that i've never had in dc you know never had in illinois like i've done deals before in different places in denver but this right here was like something totally different and one time i actually went into a class to check on like the program and i had kids writing like resilience stories and to talk about the power of like you know how they overcome social emotional learning through resilience and I was literally in tears, like I've never broken down I've been doing this work for a very long time. I've never broken down the way I broke down with these kids. Their stories were so powerful, but God needed me to see that also, I' seen some other things while I was in there, so I never in all of my time working with alternative schools or working in juvenile justice, have I experienced a fight in my classroom, like in my program. And I had to experience this. So I experienced this. The whole situation was basically one girl was truant and she wasn't coming to the program. And then another girl was always coming to the program faithfully. And so they were cool from what I understood. And then I guess something happened on Instagram and the girl who never really came or wasn't coming for the last week or so, she ended up showing up. So we didn't know the back history of what happened. You know, I was walking in the class because I'm a big, avid person right now for being on the ground level just because I was piloting something very new within this program. So I have my curriculum 18 weeks. I have my intervention kit, but I was piloting something new specifically on self-management with just kids that were having high suspension And high behavioral issues. Like they were getting sent to the office, you know, so it was like 20 office referrals, like 10 suspensions. So I wanted those kids specifically. So that was something that God spoke to me about. And I wanted to create something through that. So I was able to do that within this environment. Long story short, the fight broke out, and I thought they were joking because they were friends. So nobody expected that to happen. So they started fighting in my classroom. Now, mind you, I don't work for the school. So, you know, I'm in a place where I can't break it up because if something happens, my company can be liable. But we did have a behavior specialist in the room who really came and was breaking it up. But it was kind of like the fight was going on for maybe about two minutes, but two minutes is a long time when you're watching the fight now, like cause I'm over here like, oh, like, you know, cause I wanna do something, but it's like it's a hard place to be. But of course I'm trying hard to make sure other kids are not getting in the way. So or getting hurt. So while I was in that environment, God literally took me out of that environment. I had like an out of body experience. And it was like he raised me up and he allowed me to see what was happening So that's why when I say two minutes, it felt like such a long experience for me because God had brought me to another realm of understanding and it was the most powerful experience I have ever experienced in my education history of doing work in alternative or juvenile justice. It was so powerful, but God was showing me that there are so many demonic forces and the devil has been reigning in these spaces for years. And he said, I've sent you to this space to be able to allow my name to be great again in these spaces. And when I tell you, my mind was blown because the things that I was seeing while I was out of body, I was seeing kids that was so excited to see other kids fighting. And it was like, I don't even want to say demonic, but they had some type of demonic force. Like It was like, they were so excited to see kids fighting. And it was such a a mind blowing experience. So I came home afterwards and wrote it down and was like, just trying to pray and ask God, why did he allow me to see this? So I've had so many experiences like that since I've been back. And I met a phenomenal restorative practice uh, guy named Mr. Brown. And I mean, it was God ordained. And so Mr. Brown was talking to me. And he obviously told me you were supposed to be here. Like the impact that you've made in these kids' life is like remarkable. They've never seen nothing like this before because Durham doesn't have a lot of places for kids to go or activities for kids to do. So I believe that God was literally saying, okay, D.C. has resources. D.C. has places for kids to go. But these Places right here that I'm sending you to, there's nothing. So we need you in this space to raise up these kids. And I've been hearing God so clearly. But one of the things also is that, like, actually to be grounded here, you know, because my program is in all different districts, but to be specifically grounded here was one of the things that I heard God say. And it was just so crazy because He looked at me and He said, you're still in DC, baby. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, you're in Durham County. And I almost fell out. I almost fell out Tatum. I was like, what? So like, it was crazy to me that DC could still potentially mean Durham County, you know, to God. Like, so I was like, whoa, it just threw me for a loop. But ever since then, God has just been absolutely blowing my mind. I mean, I could tell you stories for days, but just those two examples alone made me know that God just showed me something that's out of this world. And then when we talk about the mountain of education, like that's a whole nother conversation, but God has just been revealing so much to me through this time in North Carolina. So I'm so thankful for just being obedient.
0: Yeah. Oh, we are going to get to the mountains. <laughs> we getting there today, but um, you, you said so much. And I want to go back to something that you said when you were in DC, you were saying like how you felt stuck. And then, you know, how we, I mean, we fasted together. Yeah. We prayed every morning because I was in a stuck place with a lot of things in my personal mm-hmm. life. And I was just like, you know, we both were in a space where we wanted more from God. Right. We wanted to go deeper, Was trying to figure out what that meant. We didn't really know what that meant. So we was like, well, let's try this. Let's pray every day or let's try this. Let's read this book. And so we were just figuring it out together, really. But something that you said when you were talking about being stuck, all I could think of was dangers of the mind again, because- One thing that we talk about on this show, I mentioned a lot is how the Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. And I think people have this misconception that once you are on, let's say, like a good track record to success or you've achieved some stuff that somehow all your problems disappear when that's not it, even after you've arrived somewhere there's still another training ground and another set of difficulties that are preparing you for the next level of glory. And so for you, you overcame the first batch of dangers of the mind that we talked about last time, and you've been obedient and following God, but here you are in this transitional space where he's going to elevate you more. And here the dangers of the mind represent Mm -hmm. themselves. So as you were in that space, what were some of the specific dangers of the mind that you encountered, and how did you make sure that you push through them in order to be where you are now?
1: So good. Such a good question. So, one of the biggest ones was distractions. I think that when you are in your infant stages, like God always sends me to the wilderness when He is either trying to get my attention. And to just be honest with you, North Carolina is that place for me. North Carolina is a place I developed my curriculum. I developed my intervention kits. I wrote my book. I wrote every type of material in North Carolina. And so it's something about North Carolina that God draws me near to him and literally brings me to this wilderness place to allow me to be away from everyone and speak to me. And so in D.C., everybody knows I have so many friends in D.C. I know so many people. I lived in D.C. I love D.C. And God said, you have work to do here, but don't get distracted. And guess what? Over time, for the first two to three months, I was good. Sis was not distracted. I was in my place. I didn't want nobody knowing where I live because I didn't want them just pulling up on me. I was not distracted. And then there was like a couple people that came up in and it was just kind of like, my distraction, you know, these were my friends, but my distractions was like, now they know I live. Now they know they about to pop up. And it was just kind of like, okay, this is hard to manage because when you come from a place where you're all by yourself or you don't have no distractions or limited distractions where people can't really access you to now people are able to frequently access you, that's a hard place to go. And so when you also are in an infant stage where God is trying to mold you, create you, shape you, and then you go out of that space and you're still kind of fragile, it's a very dangerous place to be because you have to understand and identify when those things arise. So me being able to say I've overcome distractions, I also knew what it looked like. I also knew what it felt like. And so even reaching out, like I'm saying, like that pivotal moment that I reached out to you, Tatum, that was pivotal for me. Like that was big for me because I reached out to you because something in my spirit acknowledged that I was becoming distracted again, acknowledge that there was a danger of mine, a danger of the mind that was trying to come back in and attack me, acknowledge that my faith was not where it needed to be. I acknowledge that I was not like sitting at the foot of Jesus. I was not in a place where I was supposed to be. I was not in position. So I had to realign myself. And so I think when you go to glory from glory to glory and God brings you to different atmospheres and different levels and different realms. He's saying, just because you passed this test doesn't mean that there's not going to be a harder one ahead. There's always going to be a harder test ahead because of the fact that you passed something already. So you should never be going back to that specific test. So for me, I passed a test of isolation, a test of seclusion, a test of knowing how to focus, but then you go into this world where you have common folk or people that you already know, people that has access to you. And now God is saying, now I'm giving you the difficult test. This is the test to do this in a place where there's so many people around and I still need you isolated. I still need you to be with me. I still need you to seek my face. And that's what I had to realize that it was a weak area for me. And so calling on friends like God friends, like you and Raven and Tiffany and, you know, different friends that I know that I literally pray with or talk to or speak with often, I had to stay in constant communication with them and really be able to wean off the people that don't understand the levels that we're going through in Christ, the levels that God is trying to give us access to, give us keys to. And that's really how I push through it because having those type of friends around really continued to allow me to go to levels where God was trying to take me because you have to be very careful of the people, the influence that you have in your life. I'm talking about even down to the photos, people always think that legacy over likes, you know, my brand is like talking about just, oh, the likes you get. No, I'm talking about the likes you give too. You have to be really aware of the likes you give because those likes that you even like in somebody's stuff is developing a mental impression on your mind is giving you some type of influence and you have to be aware of those things. So, For me in that stage, it was more so like, it was easily identifiable. Like, oh, okay, Christopher, you're basically going backwards. There's something that's happening. There's a danger to the mind because I can identify it because I overcame it. So I know what it looks like. And then it's like the knowledge in stage. But then what was hard for me was to get back into position. So now it's like, I know the strategy to say, okay, here it is. There it goes. Now, boom, let me get back into position. And back into position for me was just literally like, Right now I'm in a place where my day feels off if I'm not seeking God two hours of the day. Like, first of all, we're in quarantine right now. So there should be no excuse not to seek God. Like God is like, there should be no excuse. I'm giving you ample time with me alone. You can't even go nowhere, you know? So I am literally in a place where I feel off if I haven't given God two hours of my day. I feel off. Even if it's one hour in the morning, one hour at night, two hours in the morning, you know, an additional hour at night, I feel off. and so that's just my life. And I think I've come to the realization of that. You know how sometimes you're like, this is a lot, God, like you want me to do this for real, like every day, you know, but God has spoke to me and said, no, this is your pattern. This is your life. This is your strategy. You know, it's me, I'm it. And so that's what I had to do to really like push through and overcome Because staying by his throne, staying close to him, nothing can really get in when you're really, really, really close, you know, once you step away, or once you get let there be a little gap in you and God's relationship, that's when the devil's coming to still kill and destroy. And now I believe that on this level, God has shown me that and that's how I'm easily able to get back into alignment, get back into position.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And that's why self-awareness is so important for you guys that's listening. Like a lot of us, we don't even take the time to really understand ourselves, And that's like the first step, honestly, to making sure that you're staying on the right track or identifying the schemes of the enemy. You got to know when you're off because I'm the same way. Like if I'm not spending time with God, I'm like, it's like I get anxious, yeah. I get hot a little bit. I'm like, "What's going on? Like, what I do?" And then I realize, "Oh, I haven't been on my face like that." Okay, let me get back in position because I'm off. And you know what's so awesome and what's so beautiful about God is that even as you and I were praying together and things like that, it just always warms my heart. The fact that I remember we were at this little Mexican restaurant. <laughs> And we were talking, and you were talking about some things that was going on in your business. And so I'm asking you about fasting, and I'm like, "Oh, well, we about to just fast then because we gonna get the answer right. to the question." And so we spent that day fasting, or whatever day I think it was like the following Monday fasting. And so I'm thinking that I'm going in here fasting to receive some things for Kristen, and God gives me the whole plan for Anchor Media, <laughs> and I'm like. To come to you for this <laughs> like this is not what I was fasting for but just I think that just shows the power of honestly community in the way that God wants us to be in community with each other and have people who are like-minded spiritually because iron truly does sharpen iron and it's funny to kind of look back because that was like like a year ago hmm and it's so funny to look back because all of the things that we were talking about, we like 5am, like don't even feel like praying for real because there's just so much going on and we sleeping, like don't even feel like praying for real, but we're doing it. All of the things that we were both like going through at that time are like things of the past. Yeah, <laughs> It's like nothing that we were just really upset with or just going through at the time are really things that we're dealing with right now. And I think that's just the power of prayer and pressing into God and not giving up because all I could think about is what if we didn't connect? What if we didn't pray? What if we didn't fast? What if we didn't commit to going deeper with God? Where would we be right now? Mm. Mm. Girl, (laughs) I just got, it just stops me
1: up every time. Like where will we be right now? I'm shook. Like I'm shook. I'm literally shaking my head. I am shook to just think about it. Like what if I would not have called? What if we ain't go to the conference? Like I'm just shook about all this. What if we ain't sit down that day in the park and talk about the seven mountains? Like I'm just shook at all those things that has happened and to see where God has us both now. Like it's all about the obedience. Like when when you hear God, you have to cuz it's like it would have been such a delay on the calling of on both of our lives, you know? Like there would have been such a delay on the people that we're supposed to impact. And I'm just in a place right now, Tatum, where I'm like there cannot be no more delay. Like I ain't failing no tests. God, I'm passing with straight A's. I don't got no time. Like I have no time. You know, like there's no time because God is literally raising people up and he's looking for warriors and people to be on the front line. Like he needs us. And our calling is way bigger than anything that we got going on, you know? And so when we wait, the more we wait, the more we're disobedient, the more people are waiting to be delivered, to be set free, to be, you know, impacted for their lives to be changed. And that's a heavy cost. That's a heavy cost. So it's like, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just happy I'll Same. (laughs) same. I want to get
0: into these mountains because the first time I heard of the concept of the seven mountains, you and I were taught That's when we was at the park with the dogs and we were talking and you were like, and I don't know, I might've been talking about media or something. I don't know what I was talking about, but you were like, no, that sounds like the seven spheres, which is just another phrase for the same thing. But that's like the seven spheres of influence. And I was like, what is that? And you said, I'm about to call my mom. My mom told me about this. So you called your mom and your mom explained it to us. And you were like, I think media is one of them. Is media one of them? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, for real? So then I found like a little slide deck on the internet that kind of just outlined the seven spheres of influence, the purpose of each, the demonic forces happening there and things like that. And so I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Then somehow more so recently, I came across the book, The Seven Mountains of Influence. I don't even remember how I came across this book, but I came across it. I knew I had to have it. So I got it. And then I got like a corresponding book, which is called The Seven Mountain Renaissance. And it's like a basically a prophetic word for the seven mountains from up until 2025. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to get both of these and read them at the same time. And that book, I keep talking about it on the show because I think anybody who is actively pursuing what God has for them needs to get the book. So, one, they can identify what mountain they're in. And two, they can make sure they're operating on what God's plan is for that mountain and not just that mountain as a whole and not just what they feel like they should be doing to make sure that we're really moving in accuracy. And so I read that book. I mean, I keep reading. It was to the point where, like, I was telling BJ, because BJ is called to the mountain of economy. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him about it, but he could never read it because I always had it. Like I was hogging the book and he was like, man, forget this. I'm ordering my own book. And he got his own copy. <laughs> Cause I was he like, I'm sick of her. But as I was going through the education one, I was like, oh, let me send this to Kristen. So I remember sending it to you, you got the books. We haven't talked about it since. So fill me in on this mountain of education and how it's changed. If it's changed how you're doing business at all.
1: First of all, after you had told me you got this book, I'm over here, like, all in, like, first page, mind blown, because I honestly went straight to the education. I was so out here hungry, like, I need, I need the education portion now, you know, so I went straight to the education chapter, and it was just so much fun clarity and confirmation about the Amorites and about people that are boasting and proud, you know, and really you can't tell them anything because, you know, we have a lot of people in education and not to take any credit away from their degrees because we honor degrees, you know, we honor people that have PhDs and masters and I salute all of them and respect them for the titles that they have. However, there is many people that think because they have that degree that their mindset is one way or they have a lot of pride, or they're too proud. And just the background history on how education started and how Yale University and how Preston and how Harvard were all built by ministers, that alone showed us that God ruled in education from the beginning. And so showing me that allowed me to really say, God, you have literally Called me to this mountain. Like, this is not a joke. Like, it was like one of those things where I knew that I was called here. Like, you know how you called somewhere, but it's like, oh, I'm called, called. Like, I'm for real called. Like, this ain't no joke no more. So this book really opened my eyes to realize that God, you have called my name to this mountain to be able to shift things. So I have been (laughs) operating really differently. Honestly, I've been like, My whole strategy is on God now. I don't even try to be writing stuff out. I'm like, God, what program do you want me to create next? God, what do you need me to develop next that is going to help children, that's going to reach children, that's going to be culturally responsive for children? Because anybody that knows me, knows my program is culturally responsive. I'm really big on making sure kids are met exactly where they are. And so I want to make sure, because even during this quarantine time, God has been speaking to me Because there's so many kids in toxic environments right now. And so with that, it's just been such a blessing because I had recorded all the audio from my intervention kit like six months ago. And we were testing it in some sites and we had developed with some partners informational technology system that hosts everything like on our platform. And so I've been working on this for probably about eight months now. And we finished the whole informational technology system like last month. And look what happened. God already was preparing me for distance learning he was preparing my company to shift over to reach kids exactly where they are wherever they are school home work wherever they are they can tap into our system now and listen to our resources and still be able to have some type of social emotional learning happening they can do these resources with their parents they can do these activities with their friends on facetime whatever the case may be but god was showing me that i've prepared you for a time such as this and so thinking about the education mountain, God was saying that you have been called, but you also been qualified by me. And so, you know, I remember on the last episode, I was talking about how my middle name means God is my only judge. God continues to remind me that because he's like, I'm sending you to a mountain where there's going to be many people that's going to judge you. But guess what? You're going to walk into rooms where people are going to be intimidated by you just because of your name. They're going to hear your name and be intimidated, but you're going to be intimidated by them because of their degrees, but they're going to be intimidated by you because of the works that you've done and the favor that i placed on your life. And so when I continue to go in this areas of the unknown, I'm going with confidence because I know that God has sent me specifically to this mountain of education. And just understanding and deep and dive, I have not gotten to the second book yet. I'm still at the first book. So take you, you definitely have to fill me in. I'm still at the first book, but the first book, I'm still like, mouth open, like eyes, like, whoa, because just the back history alone has shown me so much. But then also just the strategy and the plan that he shared in his book that Johnny and Lowe shared in his book. I feel like that plan was for me to understand and to hear and to be like, how can I take that strategy and then push it into my own strategy for what God has for me in this specific area of education that I'm working with? So it has definitely shifted my thinking uh, to be more intentional. I've always prayed for God for strategy, but now it's like, no, 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 God, I don't want to write anything. I don't want to start thinking about any ideas. Like, I want all ideas to come from you because I know that you specifically called me to this mountain now that I have this background information. So it's changed so much for me.
0: Yeah, same thing for me. Like, I love it because it's no, it brings into light that this is bigger than us. This is bigger than what we want to do in our business or the impact that we want to make. This is God's plan for this nation in particular. And so I love the book because it even gives you like prayer strategies Mm -hmm. at the end. And like, this is the approach that needs to be taken in this mountain. So I was like looking at this joint. I changed up so much stuff in my business to where it's aligned with this. So like, even with the podcast and retreats that we do, a lot of the things that I look for is based off of this book. So when I'm looking at people's social media, I'm not looking to see if you partying or not. I'm looking to see if you are promoting God's agenda or the enemy's Mm. agenda. It doesn't matter if you know or you don't know. I want to know what you naturally do, because if you naturally are promoting the enemy's agenda, I don't really want to deal with that because that's something that you got to come to agreement or you got to come to the revelation that you're doing at that yourself, that's not my job. My job is to build a podcast. So I'm really strict on, I'm not building altars for the enemy. So I'm paying attention to the characteristics that God say is necessary in this mountain. And I'm going to apply my skills to those, right? He said in the book, it talks about how evangelists are very important to the mountain of media. So I'm looking for evangelists, not people who call themselves that But my spiritual discernment is on to find evangelists. You know, if I'm trying to do or somebody is doing something that drifts off into maybe like the entertainment category, I'm looking for people who are prophetic, people who are prophets, because those are the people that God is really going to use in there. So now I can operate with a whole new sense of wisdom based off of this. And I change like. I changed so much about just how we accept people into the academy. I changed like the criteria just to line up specifically with this particular mountain, because I want to know that if I have a hand in somebody's show, it's going to be working to get rid of this Hittite spirit that's on this mountain of media. I don't care about nothing else but God's plan. And if this is God's plan for this area and I'm a participant in it, I have to make sure that I'm executing in a way that's pleasing to God or I'm going to have blood on my hands and I don't want no smoke with God. I say that probably every episode. (laughs) I don't want no smoke with God. I want to make sure now that I know I have to be wise. So this book, man, I got to the family section. So because we're getting ready to have a kid, I'm like, well, let me see what's happening in the family section. And it was even talking about how rejection is the devil's breeding ground in this, how he is able to ruin families early on. He takes any type of rejection that a kid might feel. And magnifies it. And that pretty much sets them up from a young age to have all of these problems to now like the boys grow up not being good fathers, not being good husbands. All of these things are rooted in rejection. I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. So now when I'm raising my son, I'm like, OK, God, help me choose my words correctly, help me make the right decision so I'm not planting any seeds of rejection. And if I do it unknowingly, allow me to recognize it so that I can fix it right away. So the enemy ain't got no opportunity to make that magnify. So it's like, man, listen, I want to call Johnny Low and be like, bruh, bruh, (laughs) you did that, okay? That book is absolutely everything. And I just, for real, y'all get the book. It's on my Amazon storefront or whatever. So the link is in the show notes to get it. But Kristen, back to you though, you went back to North Carolina. You've been doing all these amazing things. Tell us about your transition now to Kristen Hopkins global. Mm,
1: Yeah. So God was just speaking to me because like, I do the social-emotional learning with kids, right, and do it with a lot of different staff, teachers, and administrators, and really showing them how to be culturally responsive with their kids and teaching them techniques and tools. And God was just showing me that there's such a need for just adults, young adults, to really understand key social emotional skills like self-awareness like we talked about social awareness responsible decision making relationship skills self-management skills like really understanding what those skills look like and like the actual domains that lie under those skills and so I think that something that's been going on for a long time now where people are getting frustrated in their fields or they're leaving their jobs because of their peers. You know, I know that there's like 89% right now of employers are looking for people with SEL skills and people over the age of 18 don't really know what social emotional skills are. So I really was at a point where I said, I have to be able to Do this because I was actually starting to get booked to speak specifically on SEL and not dangers of the mind. So it was like I was teaching SEL, and then of course I was going into places and people would know about dangers of the mind, and that would be another deal in itself. But they were literally calling me in to motivate teachers and to speak about social emotional learning in these environments and to help people. And staff be able to be more connected with their kids and themselves, and so I saw a big need, and i didn't want to confuse the two and so God gave me Kristen Hopkins Global he actually gave me Kristen Hopkins Global probably about two years ago. I heard the name, and so I got the domain, but I just never really did anything with it because I said, "God, in your timing, this will happen and so I started getting a lot of inquiries on how to develop a curriculum or how to put um sell your curriculum in schools, and it was totally different from the landscape and the structure of what dangers of the mind really stood for because we were more so with developing products and for kids and putting it out and selling and then having our clothing and stuff like that. So God was like, I want you to start developing products and also Tatum that I have a book that I was working on and still working on. Well, it's already done, but I don't know. I'm going to release it. That's for God to tell me the date of to release that. But those type of things, I really wanted to open more up on my faith because it's everything to me. God is everything to me and I want people to understand that. Like everything that my life displays, everything that God has done for me, it has been God. It has not been nothing that I have done because I'm literally a walking miracle. I should have lost my mind a long time ago. Like, you know, my parents can tell you of times that back in the day that I would be super depressed or been like I was going insane and so it was like so much that I've been through that God has delivered me from And so to see him bring me to a place of education blows my mind. So I really wanted to be able to tell my story, be able to help other women and men also be able to help people and coach people on how to get their products in schools and their curriculums in schools, because that was a big thing for me. Like, nobody taught me that. I had to learn that on my own. I had to learn through trial and error. I had to learn about making data sheets and building scripts to call these people and getting on the ground level and saying, getting those, getting those, getting those. Cause I didn't have the data. You know, I had to learn all these things and then realize that, Oh my God, now I have this system that has been working for me. And I want to share that with people. And so, and I was coaching people on the side low key and these people was getting five, six schools and they calling me, Oh my God, I got these schools. I'm like, Oh my God, that, this is great. You know? So I felt like, okay, I need to be able to help more people. So, Kristen Hopkins Global is basically faith, you know, entrepreneurship. Uh, since I've been in entrepreneurship for ten years now, going into the new decade, it was ten years. But then also, it's uh, social emotional learning. So, it's we have a course right now that's the first course that I'm, I'm about to put out, and it's the SEL toolkit. So, just really breaking down the SEL competencies and allowing people to reflect. On what the decisions they're making, identifying their constant emotions, evaluating their accurate self perceptions. What does that look like? Why am I behaving the way I behave? Evaluating their relationships. I did a, a podcast episode a while back called Real Relationships All 2020. And the thing about it is, a lot of people create these grand vision boards, right? And they got a house on there, a car on there, a new job, but nobody has building healthy relationships. Nobody has, that's my goal this year. I want to build healthy relationships and relationships are the foundation to what opens many, many doors. And so when people don't get that, they don't get, if you treat somebody a certain way, or you're not bordering a relationship, or you're not supportive, or you're not communicating, that can really ruin a relationship and it can ruin opportunities for you as well. And so you have to really understand the, and have discerning spirit on relationships and who should be in your life and for what seasons, but- you know, that is important. So I really wanted to bring Kristen Hopkins Global to a place where it could be just a community for people to understand the importance of social emotional learning, but then also be able to just give them insight on curriculum development and being able to get your products and programs that you want to get for the world, be able to get it into schools and organizations.
0: Yes, I think that's so necessary for multiple groups of people. I mean, of course, people who want to get their stuff into schools and things, but also just people in general, adults who didn't have SEL in school when they were younger. Yeah. You know, and even thinking about people who are in business or entrepreneurial. People always talk about, oh, networking, you got to network, you got to network. But networking is all about building meaningful relationships. And a lot of people don't have the basic skills to maintain a healthy and a, a meaningful relationship with somebody. It's always that networking is presented as this what can you do for me type of transaction. And that's why I don't like it. I'm like, listen, I tell people all the time, I was like, I was totally against going to networking events because that's all it is, it's transactional. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to do something for you just because you want something for me or vice versa. Like, I just don't care to have that type of relationship with anybody. Mm -hmm. And so for me with business, I've noticed just the natural relationships that have been able to be built not built on how can we help each other, but just built on us being people. Right. And then how we can support each other will come along naturally as the relationship is built. And so I think those things, those SEL points are really important just for humans to be able to build those relationships, identify the dangers of the mind within themselves. And I think that a lot of us don't really prioritize that. And we talked earlier about how self-awareness is so important. So I hope you guys listening are able to go and get the course that she has and look at the things that she's offering because these are skills that are necessary for us as people. You know, we talk about community, we talk about how we were able to support each other in a stuck place that just came from building organic relationships and us dealing with prior to any stuff that may have prevented us from being able to have meaningful relationships with people. So I hope you guys that are listening really understands the importance of dealing with those things that we have going on um, internally. And then, of course, you guys who are interested in building our curriculums and getting them in schools, Kristen is definitely, definitely, I'm not even going to say the word right, definitely (laughs) the person that you need to go to to learn how to do that. (laughs) So tell us how they could find you online, where all of these resources are housed and all that good stuff. Plug everything.
1: Okay, good. So Kristen D. Hopkins is on Instagram. You can Find me there, Kristen D. Hopkins on Twitter, and then Kristen Hopkins on Facebook. Is you can find me there. And then Kristen Hopkins Global.com is the website. It's we don't officially launch it, well, we officially to launch it on the 20th, but I'm excited about it. And then Dangers of the Mind for all the other platforms, but yeah, Kristen Hopkins Global.com. Okay,
0: cool. And then by the time this comes out, it will already be launched. Yeah, anyway. that's awesome. <laughs> so people will be able to go over there and see everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show again. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you. I always love being on the show. It's just so powerful to be able to talk freely, you know, with a community that gets it. And so I really love you know, mm-hmm. the Boss Up because it's just a different type of community that I feel like I can really like go deep with y'all and I can really allow y'all to understand from biblical aspects to practical aspects to you know still understanding the foundation of skills we need but then still also understanding like how God is the root foundation of everything uh, that we need to move forward in our lives. So it's such an amazing platform. Keep doing your thing, Tatum. I am just such a fan. I love you. I love everything that you're doing. God has tremendously just enlarged your territory and he's going to continue to. So I'm excited. I'm so excited.
0: Thank you. Well, you guys, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'll talk to you next week.